Interior, Santa Monica, we work. Lunchtime. Okay, so I know we ended last episode revealing that there's an active nuclear weapon on set. But something crazier came so up. So we're not going to talk about it all episode. But we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We got something really interesting. Out of Money McDonald's. What we did was, well, we... We the Jinx Money McDonald's. It was so crazy. Do you guys remember the Jinx? Like 12 true crime things ago? The guy killed his wife, but then they never got him. But then the guy who made a bad Ryan Gosling movie about it decided to make a real documentary about it. He double dipped. He made a true crime doc, and at the end, the guy admitted to killing his wife while he was still mic'd up in the bathroom. We did that to money. Holy fucking shit, we the jinxed him. So yeah, I heard the Geiger counter going tick, 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 and I said, I must bid y'all adieu. And then I left and never came back, and that, as they say, is that. Okay, so that was it? Yes, sir. Good night, Vanna White. That's a wrap on money. So there's a lot of footage that we're trying to track down about how the whole saga ended. Footage? Oh, I wouldn't know anything about that. Now, I'd love to tell you more about how this whole experience affected my music, but I need to go step on the patio and smoke a whole cigar like it's a cigarette. I'm probably going to go say a lot of stuff, and I don't want to burden you boys with having to listen... So why don't you switch the recording device off? Okay. All right, Money. We won't. I mean, we will. Yeah. And uh, would you boys be so kind as to also cover your ears and hum a lullaby or something? Okay. (laughs) Oh, God. How did they ever find out about the lost reel? You know... The extra secret part of the movie that we had to bury. Gracias, Fidel. Okay, y'all can put your hands down. Hey, what lost reel? Did you the jinx me? So at this point, money had to fess up. We were just looking for any video or pictures from the last day of production on Cyber Cowboys. But Money McDonald's, as he would put it, licked straight to the center of the Tootsie Pop. Boys, 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 now listen, I'm willing to cut a rug, but y'all gotta give me the fabric. Uh, what? What do you want? I want immunity, and I want a new life in Connecticut under a new name. A normal name like Smith. Yeah, Ebenezer Smith. Okay. But I also want to be a weatherman on the local news. We can do that. And I want it in writing. You got it. Hold that up to the camera, I want my attorney to look at it. Alistair, <laughs> counsel finds plaintiff's affidavit to be evidentiary. That a yes? Proceed. Money McDonald's told us that, in the course of filming, Denis and the cast shot an extended sequence of Cyber Cowboys that deviated greatly from the rest of the plot as we knew it. Money wouldn't describe to us what it actually was, but we thought we knew about all of the filming that had taken place. We had a shooting script and a precise timeline for Cyber Cowboys from our months of research, So the idea that more of the movie existed was our biggest revelation yet. But it became clear immediately that finding this lost reel would not be easy. So what did you do with the missing footage? We buried it. Who's we? Everybody. Everybody except for Denis knew right away that this footage was far too incendiary to ever see the light of day. It had no business being inside the Cowboys. We knew if this footage made the final cut, Cyber Cowboys would never be released. So who knows where it is? Nobody does. We passed it from hand to hand. Everybody had it at one point. Steven Seagal, Gorilla Randy, rest in pleasure. 
The Spanish fella, Eubenus Christopher. I was the second to last person to have it, but the one who buried it was Superfudge, who of course died tragically when he was kicked in the head by Seabiscuit's grandson. So what did you do with the footage? Well, I only had it for a brief spell. The reel had to always be moving. As soon as I brought Dave Skeleton to Canab, Steven Seagal handed me the reel, and I took off back to the Trinity site in New Mexico. Why'd you go back? I was enchanted by what Monsieur Skeleton told me about that place. You see, I was in the middle of writing a love rock opera about the Cold War called A Steamy Peace. It's a rare triple entendre. Uh-huh. After three days of recording, I got writer's block and wanted to fly back to Canab. I had trouble with my big single, She's a Nuclear Reactor, and I wanted to ask Dave Skeleton to teach me some nuclear words that I could make rhymes for. But Superfudge called me and told me that he needed to take the reel, so we met halfway. I made the exchange, went back to set, and that's the last anyone ever saw of the reel. Where did you guys meet? I'm not saying that until I get my weatherman gig. Alright, at least tell us what you guys said. Not much. I told him this reel was incendiary, really incendiary, and he said, I know. I said, don't leave it on your person, or in your person, because life's full of random cavity searches. And all Superfudge said was, I'll bury it, don't worry, take it easy. And he walked off. I never saw him again. Except once at the 03 Grammys, but I was gone off of what is now known as Kratom, so I don't remember a lick. He didn't tell you where? No, that's all he said. I'm gonna bury it. Don't worry. Take it easy. And then he made like the devil. Okay. You gave us a lot. We really appreciate it. I think this is the last time we'll hear from you for our story. Yeah, thanks for everything, man. Boys, it's been a pleasure. And not just a pleasure. All seven of the tantric pleasures. Mental. Tactile. Oral, vaginal, eh? Okay, we gotta go. Sorry, thanks. Well, sayonara. Take it easy. Well, here's the part in A Closer Look where we have to step out of our Santa Monica we work and put on our adulting shoes and find that footage. Hey, gamblers, start your engines. Batter up. Let's get ready to rumble. Sports betting is on the rise after recently becoming legal in 20 states. But if you don't live in those states, then it's time to check out our favorite sports book, A Closer Book. That's right. There's now a sports book that caters exclusively to states where sports betting is illegal. How does this work? It works for now. Me and Will are desperate for money because of how much we spent on this podcast, but we have very little family ties. And now that it's ending, we have nothing to live for. So we figured, why not get in while the getting's good? We'll take any bet on any event at any time, and we will give you odds that are greatly in your favor. Hell, you can make the odds. Tomorrow, the Reds are playing the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are even money, but we'll give you four to one odds. There's a Formula One race this weekend. You want to bet on a Ferrari car to win? Lock it in. We might still be around. Want to place a Super Bowl bet for next year? You might want to hold on to that one. Because we might be gone. That's right. The second that me and Nate feel like the feds are on to us, we will disappear. I'm talking no phones. Bleach our hair in a gas station bathroom. Mexican village. Live like kings. Eat the worm every day. So the real gamble here is getting your bets in and paid out before we run. Because believe you me, one day you will log into our website 
and all you'll see is zero dollars in your account and an animated Eminem in sunglasses waving at you. Sign up today with the promo code SCAM and receive 5,000 baht, the currency of Thailand, to be used towards any bet you want, risk-free, as long as the bet is in 2024. And don't even try to fucking use Venmo. No, Venmo, no, cash app, bot, B-A-H-T. A closer book, the only time to play is now, right now. Gambling problem, call Nate. Our first step was to find out what exactly Money McDonald's meant when he said he met Superfudge halfway. To ensure that we met exactly halfway between Kanab and the Trinity site, I flew to the Trinity site at the White Sands Missile Range in New Mexico, and Will Ubered to Kanab, Utah. I've never been to the mountain states, so how far that would be did not really register to me. At noon on a Sunday, we called each other from our starting points, said one, two, three, go, and walked towards each other along the line each of us had drawn across the Southwest. We walked through Arizona and New Mexico, through some of the most beautiful terrain on Earth. Will's journey took him directly through the challenging terrain of the famous Horseshoe Bend, one of the most awe-inspiring natural formations in America. You guys know Golden Tee, the bar game where you rev the ball back and push it forward really hard to make your golf swing? I knew where that place was because they based a map off of it in Golden Tee. The five-day journey was not without its hiccups. I got a frantic phone call from Will. Good afternoon. Nate, you gotta help me. I don't know what time it is. Aha, you must be in Navajo Nation. You see, listener, many know that the state of Arizona at the time this was recorded was not observing National Daylight Savings Time. However, the semi-autonomous territory of Navajo Nation does observe daylight savings, meaning one can walk in Arizona and still traverse a whole hour. However... No, you don't get it. The hours change with every step. I was walking and it changed an hour, so I sat down so you could catch up. Then I got up and walked a bit, and then I lost an hour, and then I lost my backpack, and then I started running the other way to get the hour back, and then I turned around and ran for an hour, and then I lost two hours, and now some dogs are following me. You see, Will doesn't know that within the semi-autonomous territory of Navajo Nation, there is a semi-semi-autonomous territory of Hopi Nation. The Hopi tribe do not follow daylight savings, so normal Arizona time resumes. However, since the borders are not rigid, there is a Navajo Nation enclave within Hopi Nation, meaning that one can travel from Arizona to Navajo to Hopi to Navajo to Hopi to Navajo to Arizona, with six time zone changes in the process, which can cause some people who are not familiar to lose their minds. Good afternoon. Hey, uh, is this Nate? Uh, this is Timothy. I run a beef jerky store here in Jedidoh, Navajo Nation. Uh, there seems to be a middle-aged man here who looks to be in a lot of distress. Uh, he asked me what time it was, and I told him, and he started crying. And then he put $200 bills on the counter and grabbed one of those coat racks that we hang the beef jerky pouches on and sat down outside and started eating. Anyway, your phone number is on his shoe that he left on the counter, so I figured I'd give you a call. After I calmed Will down, he set out on the final leg of his journey, and we met exactly halfway just outside of town in the Petrified Forest National Park. We immediately began to search the surrounding area for dig signs, anything that seems like it could have been dug up and buried 25 years ago. No luck. But what we did see was the ruins of an old log cabin near a collapsed mine. We dug around there for hours. Eventually, Nate fell into a well, and I, in my attempts to save him, also fell into the well. 
We tried to scale the walls of the well for hours. Then Will remembered he had packed a flare gun. We fired the flare and were quickly rescued by many families at the campground 40 yards away. Once rescued, we made our way to that town a mile away, a vintage roadside hamlet that rests along Interstate 40 called Winslow. Resolving to never do outside journalism again, we set up in an internet cafe and poured over our notes. He had to have come here. Super Fudge had to have come through here. And we knew that money, deep down, wanted to help us. We listened to every interview with everyone on the set of Cyber Cowboys. Maybe one of them could give us a clue about where the real went. We were looking for hidden meanings in every sentence of all of our interviews, from Dick Van Dyke to Money's last words. But his last words were the same as Super Fudge's. Don't worry, take it easy. That's nothing. Yet those words rang in my head. After downing my ninth flat white, I stumbled out onto the corner. I looked out at the town. Winslow, Arizona. Where had I heard that before? Well, I'm standing on the corner in Winslow, Arizona. Such a fine sight to see. It's a girl, my lord, in a flatbed full. Slowing down to take a look at me. Holy shit. That's it. We Ubered back to LA immediately and went straight to the Warner Music Archives. Once there, we pulled out the sheet music for Take It Easy by the Eagles. And at the top right corner of the document, it read, Music and lyrics by G. Fry, M. McDonald's, and S. Fudge. Money McDonald's and Super Fudge had done songwriting work for the Eagles before they were famous. But they also made a treasure map. Once we got the song, we realized that Super Fudge used the lyrics to take it easy as a cipher for where he buried the treasure. He was trying to tell us that. Did Money know? Maybe. Probably not. Seven women on my mind. Four that want to own me. Two that want to stone me. One says she's a friend of mine. With this code in hand, we Ubered back to the town of Winslow, Arizona. There's a girl, comma, my lord, comma, in a flatbed Ford. At the end of the block, there's a strip club called Girl Street with a rotating girl sign. Take a left, the Lord's Brethren's Church of Winslow. A block to the right, an auto body repair shop with a replica Ford truck rotating on a pole. If you stand in front of the church and look at the auto body repair shop with the truck rotating on a pole, from that angle, it looks like the girl in the strip club sign is sitting in the back of the pickup truck. To the center of the Tootsie Pop we go. So look back at the song, 7421. The seventh letter of the song is R right a block. The fourth letter is L, left a block. The second letter is E, east a block. And the first letter is W, west a block. We find ourselves at a Sunoco gas station. At the very back of the parking lot, a forlorn stick with another stick forming a cross. Walking up, you see a very small stone slab in the ground that reads, super fudge. Like someone buried a dog here. Let's dig. Super Fudge is not buried here. What is buried is one reel of completed 35mm film. That Money McDonald said was too incendiary to be seen by the world. And you, the listener, are about to hear it for the first time. As are we. We wanted to share this experience with you. I called an old family friend, an actor, to do voiceover to explain parts of it, but we still haven't seen it. So we present, narrated by Jason Statham, the lost segment of Cyber Cowboys. Pirates of the Colorado.
to hurry. They're burning Neo Phoenix to the ground. Damn that Jay Toronto for betraying us. Well, you can damn him to his face if you want, because he's right behind us. Close up on Jay Toronto as his golf cart crests the hill. Well, Buckerman, looks like we're on the last page of your story. And there's no index either. Don't look now, but I think their golf carts are faster than our horses. Look, a river. The golf carts won't be able to follow us across that. It's pretty deep, though. Why are we stopping, henchmen? Our carts are electric, Mr. Toronto. They can't go in the water. Don't tell me what I can't do. Damn you, Bookman. I'll get you. Night falls. Bookman and his crew ride their horses along the riverbank. They are drenched. They are sopping wet. We gotta get out of these wet clothes and find shelter. Oh no, my clothes got so wet that they shrunk around my chest. You'll have to help me take them off, Bookman. I just may. Oh look, let's take shelter in this cave right here. Later, the shivering crew huddles around the fire. This fire needs to be bigger. It looks like I need to burn this ancient copy of Saltwater Sportsman magazine. It's so cold. As a Cortana, I do not feel cold, but I do require nutrients in the form of food. Ah, crap. Looks like all the food got washed out in the Colorado River. Except for this ayahuasca. I've never done ayahuasca. I just know what I've been told in the media, which doesn't exist anymore. But won't it make me feel crazy? There is a slight chance that you will go on a vision quest. But mostly it will mellow feelings of anxiety, help fight fatigue, and open up your mind to practicing alternative lifestyles. It also helps with joint pain. Now let us all smoke this and go to bed. Before dawn the next morning, shadowy figures enter into the cave. My danger sensors! Someone is here! Arrest you, cave dwellers. We've got you surrounded. What do you want from us? Who are you? You will soon find out when you meet the captain. A fleet of six wooden purple and yellow pirate ships sails along the Colorado River. Bookman and the crew sit handcuffed on the deck. Who do you think the captain is? Maybe it's that really, really tall man dunking that basketball into the hoop that's on the mast. Ten-nothing again, Captain. You're the greatest scorer in pirate basketball history. The captain walks over to the crew. Hello, prisoners. I am Captain Phillips. You answer to me. Where are we? You're on my ship, the Laker. Do you work for Mayor Lancelot? On the contrary. We're against everything that Lancelot stands for. Where are we going? Are you taking us to Pirate Vegas? Spiffy, you idiot. Pirate Vegas is a myth. That's counterfeit information. They never let you gamble with that in Pirate Vegas, which is where we're going. The Laker and the other ships proceed to sail along the Colorado River. There is a montage of sailing that lasts two minutes. All at once, the desert transforms into the jungle. A jungle in the desert? How the hell could this happen? 
The government experimented with terraforming desert land around Las Vegas into jungle after the rainforest was cut down. But the jungle grew beyond anyone's control, and as society collapsed, the jungle swallowed up Las Vegas whole. Most people believe that Las Vegas is impossible to reach now, unless you know where to look. You can defeat any defense with a good point guard. Turn right. Pirate Vegas is that way. The ship rounds a bend in the river, shrouded in fog. Hey, look, there's a sign in that tree. It says, Welcome to fabulous Las Vegas. That sign was famous in the before times. It looks like someone crossed out fabulous and wrote pirate. Pirate Las Vegas. I'm waiting for my apology, Mr. Netscape. The famous Las Vegas Strip by jungle. The main road is a river and it's lined with docks and ships. Massive trees tower over the ruined old casinos covering them in vines. The casinos are dilapidated, but thousands of pirates are still residing within. Why'd you bring us here? Isn't it obvious? We're here to party. So are we not your prisoners anymore? Are we free to go? No. Your crew can roam about as they please, but you stay with me, bookman. All right, Orlando, Spiffy, librarian. Cortana. Everybody split up. Find us a boat so we can get out of here. Hey, that monkey with an eye patch just stole my hat. I'll go help Spiffy wrangle that monkey. You two go to Caesar's Palace and see if you can find some supplies in a new boat. I'll stay with Captain Phillips and try to curry some favor. The crew scatters into the recesses of Pirate Vegas. I've never been to a luck pit. In the before times, places like this were called casinos. It's where great men would convene and converse. Games of chance and skill are a great way to learn about other leaders. You do not gamble? Information is too precious for me to risk it on gambling. Gambling is all about percentages, like going 90% from the free throw line for your career. Going up to the High Rollers room. Wow. These guys have so much information. Bags and bags of slips. Let's sit at this table and play this game. How are y'all doing tonight, baby? Mm, doing all right. How are you, dealer? I'm much more than a simple dealer, young man. I'm the croupier. Meanwhile, on the strip, Librarian and the Cortana live it up. I do not know why you made me put on this dress. My movement is restricted by 28%, making it impossible for me to do jujitsu. The Cortana, when is the last time you had fun? Never. That's about to change. Grrr, three slips for a margarita. I'll take two. Can we walk around with these? Everything is legal in Pirate Vegas. We have enough margaritas to fill the Colorado. Across town, Rolando and Spiffy are hunting a monkey across the treetops of Caesar's palace. <sighs> He's just over there on that really long, narrow branch. I got you now. I'll find a different route. Leave it, Spiffy. I'll buy you a new hat. 
No, that's my lucky hat. I won it in a dice game in jail. It's from the before times. I don't know what Guns N' Roses means, but it sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, he jumped. Where'd he go? I think he landed in that big room in the casino with the flashing lights. We better go in. Oh man, we'll never find the monkey in this crazy light show pirate party. Hello, sailors. Do you boys like doing peels? Totally. Try this peel shaped like a skull and crossbones. Mmm. What is this? It's called Molly Roger, and you'll see. Back at the casino, the information gambling is heating up between the high rollers. I wager the periodic table of elements. That's the table and the chairs, baby. He's betting the whole damn house. I call your periodic table and raise you the names of Richard Nixon's family. I don't understand how this works. It's simple. They got something you want, and you got something they want. It's all about betting on whose piece will pass go first. Fellas, I call. I played a version of this game in a distant memory. I can win. I call with my jacket lined with secret knowledge and raised with my crew's freedom. Goodness! I fold. Too rich for my blood. I call. You don't have enough information. But I do have this, my blue and white pirate hook. I call it my sky hook. Ooh, someone's going to jail. Meanwhile, the girls are out at the five-star restaurant. I have a lobster bisque for the beautiful lady and a squid ink ceviche for the other beautiful lady. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, One-Eyed Mickey. Do you happen to have any Mobarola wine? Yes, my dear. Freshly shanghaied from Spain. I think he likes you, the Cortana. He's sweet, but something else at this table has my eye. I hope you're not talking about the lobster beak. Let's go to that loud, vibrant nightclub next door. Cortana and Librarian? Wow, Spiffy, you're here. You got your hat back. <laughs> and the monkey just stood up from under the hat on your head. That's so funny. You guys have to try this. It's called Molly Roger. Wow. Hey, guys. Guess who just won your freedom in a game of Monopoly? Looks like this is the one time my skyhook missed. So let's grab a ship and let's get out of here. Aww. Can we stay for like a month or two? Well, whatever happens in Pirate Vegas. Yeah. Title card reads, two months later. The crew dines on Eggs Benedict in a retro 1950s diner atop the New York, New York Casino. Man, the boat traffic on the River Strip is terrible these days. Well, that's why you don't take the River Strip. 
You don't take the river strip. What do you take? I take the tributaries. You take the tributaries? I got a system. What system? I go up current. Nobody goes up current. That's why there's traffic. How the hell do you get around without wind in your sails? Oars. Oars? Oars. What are you, a Viking? Try it, I'll save you 30 minutes. I'll use oars sometimes. Bookman! Yep. Take the sail down and hang my wet clothes up there. That's how I dry my shirts. You know who's not using oars? That big fleet on the horizon over there. Wait a second, give me my spyglass. Is that Master Chief and Toronto? Oh no! What's all the commotion? Master Chief found us. He's brought his armies to kill and destroy Pirate Vegas. Looks like it's time for the full court press. We'll fight him off. You guys hurry and escape. We'll take my boat. No. I want to stay and fight with you. No. What you have is too valuable. You must live to fight another day and destroy Infotrain. Everybody on a championship team has different roles. Thank you, Captain Phillips. The crew boards the Cortana ship and departs. Wow, the current is so strong. We're getting away. Oh no, it's Jay Toronto in a speedboat. And the current is taking us towards that waterfall. I'd say we're just about stuck. No, quickly, we can row to shore. <gasps> we don't have any oars. This is why you gotta have oars. Looks like we're going over. All right, everybody, hang on. I just had the craziest dream. Me too. There was a waterfall. And pirates. It would appear as though the ayahuasca made us have the same collective dream. Okay, let's go find Infotrain. They walk away along the river. Are you fucking kidding me? That was so fucking stupid. It didn't make any sense. It had nothing to do with the plot. It didn't match the tone of the rest of the movie. It was like, wacky. Oh my God, they did Seinfeld. And in case you couldn't tell, Captain Phillips was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I know we said we were done with Money McDonald's, but... Well, enchanté. Hey, asshole, what the fuck was that? Well, I never. We just watched The Lost Reel and it made no fucking sense. Why did you make us go on an odyssey for that shit? Jesus fucking Christ, dude. I said it was incendiary. Yeah. That means bad, right? No, it fucking doesn't, money. We got Jason Statham to do us a favor. God damn it, dude. Did you at least like the croupier? We are so sorry, guys. Yeah, we built that up a lot and it was just nothing. Okay, please, please stick around for the last episode. We swear to God it's good. There's a nuclear bomb, a lot of people die, and it's not a fucking collective dream. We are so fucking sorry.